This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Claire Bonnyman. And I'm Mindariwal. And welcome to The Loop. So you might know by now that there's an award show in town. Min, did you did you know about the the juniors? I saw the flags. <laughs> the flag. One oh nine Street heading down <laughs> in behind the Kinsmen. Simu Liu plastered all over the place. He's ever I fell asleep last night listening to a podcast and Simu Liu popped in an ad in the middle and woke me up. <laughs> and told you about the Junos coming to Edmonton. <laughs> told me about the Junos coming to town. Um you know, it's a yeah, there's a lot. It's it's exciting to see the city kind of lit up this way. There's so many artists coming through town, there's so many events going on. You were involved in a bunch of stuff leading up to this even. Yes, at 9910. Yeah. And you know, when you get asked to do these things, you're like, "Oh man, what's this going to be like?" And yeah, yeah. you know, we got to see some local artists, uh, some artists from uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Dang. And uh it was a vibe. It was yeah. great. You know, the place was packed and uh, a lot of people excited about, uh, I mean, that was a month ago. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, maybe it should have been closer. But you know what? You need to pump the tires on an event. And so those videos are online on CBC Music. You got to check them out. And uh, yeah, it's, it's. I think this weekend's going to be a blast. If anything, it's a good breather because there is so much going on this weekend. There's so, so many concerts. Much. I've never. I, I've heard of some artists that are playing three times in two days, which yeah. is pretty stunning. And it's cool to see the city lit up with live music again after you know the pandemic. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it absolutely has. And I, you know, I just stepped out for uh, a coffee with a couple of colleagues, and they're already talking about. Okay, what are you? Where are you going Friday night? Where are you going? I feel like I've just kind of gotten roped in by committee. Yeah, I kind of part of me wants to go and check some of the stuff out. And even yesterday, you know, I talked to my daughter. She's sixteen, might be a little young to to kind of go to some of those gigs. But I said, hey, like the the Junos are here. Like yeah. there's events happening uh, Sunday at the mall. There's going to be a bunch of artists, TikTok artists, and you can see them in person. And she was kind of like, she gave me this deer in the headlights. <laughs> I said, like, you can see them, like, for real. And you don't just have to, you know, say I, I saw them on Not TikTok. on a screen. So I, I think there's something for everybody, right? All ages. Definitely. And I think there's a lot of hype about, as you mentioned, some of these TikTok artists, the big ones, you know, Tate McRae, Devin Cole, Preston Pablo, Nickelback's coming to town. Yeah. There's billboards. Ever. I mean, my good wake-up alarm buddy, Simu. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of big things to be excited for. But yeah. there's also this big question about the Junos, about what does it actually mean? Yeah. To have it in your city. What effect could this have on Edmonton and our music community? Amy Hill is the co-chair of the Junos 2023 committee, and she is very busy right now, but took time to chat with us on The Loop. Thank you, Amy, and hello. It's absolutely my pleasure. Yeah. So give us a sense. I mean, what have the last few weeks been like leading up to Monday? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because you start these, I mean, we were fortunate enough to go to Toronto, uh, in May is when they had the Junos. Typically they're around this time every year, but, Mm -hmm. uh, pandemic and things shifting and a little bit. So they were in May and it was outdoors, uh, to also sort of kind of slowly ease back into the indoor kind of concert venue setting. And so we really, we got to see how that part sort of came through and some of the events that happened and so our meetings really started to kick off come july june full force yeah. i mean the planning for this one has started started to, as alan reed um, the president of caris reminded me yesterday morning at breakfast um six years ago i started working <laughs> on this so it's been a it's been a long road um but the last few weeks have been like okay this is really happening (laughs) who needs to be where did we fix you know did we talk to so-and-so has this happened yes have we communicated everything did we forget to invite anybody oh my god hope we didn't forget to invite anybody and and making sure that everybody's sort of 
that the best the city and then the music community kind of comes together and, and can put on the best experience for everybody, not only who lives here, but everybody who's coming from out of town to kind of see what Edmonton has to offer. Mm-hmm. And Amy, the last time the Junos were here, I mean, I've been hearing like, what, 20 years? 2004. 2004. Dang. Almost April 20 fourth, years. April 4th, 2004. Long time ago. <laughs> I mean, it was probably in a different venue and it was a, the scene was different. How, how different is it going to be this time around? Well, I mean, quite a bit, I would imagine. Uh, people who have been here, people who were here in 2004, especially those coming from out of town, that for some of them, that's the last time they've been in Edmonton. Uh, and as both of you would know, know that the city is not the same city it was yeah. in 2004. Um, it did take place over at, um, I think it was Skyreach. Could right. have been Rexall. Yeah, it would Could have been, been one Rexall. of those two. Yeah. One of those two. Um, and it, the, it, remember, it was warm when the broadcast happened because I don't, I don't, I remember what I wore and it was not a jacket. <laughs> what did, what so did you, what did you wear? Things. Well, I just, I think I just wore some dress or something like that, but I do <laughs> yeah. remember I didn't have to bring a coat. So that was, that was very exciting for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, our broadcast or our announcement that we had in the fall leading up to that. Um, was held at, at the sidetrack at a, at a lot, local live music venue. Cool. We had over 85 media attend. I don't know if we have that many media in the city who are dedicated to covering art mm. scenes in this city anymore. Mm. So I think that the, just even the way we're talking about it, the fact that I'm doing a podcast, a <laughs> podcast did not exist in 2004. Right. Um, so I think the way that we communicate out to our city um, and to our the people who are coming into the city has been different. The number of different venues that we have in the city or where they are to have things like Juno Fest happen. I can't even remember, to be honest, if the Windspear, I think the Windspear, no, the Windspear was there. The Windspear right. is definitely there. Um, and so I remember Songwriter Circle happened there as well. Um, but, you know, it was, we weren't coming out of a pandemic in yeah. 2004. So that has definitely um, affected the way that we can't predict how many people will come. We can't predict um, how many people will come to these shows in the same way we could predict it before. Mm. Because, um, you know, it's a a slow economic recovery. It's a slow social recovery for people who are maybe not going out as often as they were before because they're picking and choosing selectively. And so you kind of have to remind people about what kind of a, an industry we have in the city that, that is also in its recovery. So it's not just about the Junos coming mm-hmm. and it's going to be a week of events. What does that mean in terms of coming out after the Junos, quote unquote, leave town? Um, you know, it's not going to be tumbleweeds right. in the city afterwards, <laughs> right? We still have live music that happens on an ongoing basis and to remind people how much fun they have when they're out seeing and, and using music as that sort of um, piece that draws everybody together. And I mean, Edmonton's always had a pretty vibrant live music scene, right? So I'm just trying to think about what this is going to mean for the music scene here, having a big show like this, you know, celebrating Canadian music. Yeah, and we're sort of always, you know, it is about celebrating national music. It is about celebrating local music. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the artists on the stage either. It's the industry too. So people who are embroiled in the industry and do that on a regular basis and daily basis and make their income there, um, it's nice to be able to sort of have everybody over to our house, mm. for example, and not have to go to everybody else's house sometimes. So we will be able to reconnect with our industry friends that we see, the managers, the producers, the engineers, the publicists, the agents, who all come into town to celebrate their artistic uh, endeavors and their artistic talents. But we do have that sense of um, 
celebrating and shining a light on the Edmonton scene and about the artists that we have performing at not only just, let's say, our kickoff and who are nominated, but at our um, at our live music venues and at, you know, Junior Junos and things that will happen on an ongoing basis. But it's also sort of that bringing the community together really, I think, is important. Um the, the having award shows are great because it does help shine that light mm-hmm. and it does give us the opportunity to pat our, our excellence on the back. Um, but it also becomes that place where we can give our up and comers the stages to be able to say, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep supporting it. So we have more excellence coming out of the city on an ongoing basis. Like I said, and it's not just from a talent wise on the stage. It's also from behind the scenes because there's not just the broadcast, which I think it's eight awards or five awards handed mm-hmm. out over the course of the two hours, boom, boom. But Saturday night, there's a 41 awards being given out yeah. that cross the spectrum of um, the behind the scenes and in front of the scenes talent. And so we get to celebrate that as well. Yeah. I'm glad you talked about venues because even with, you know, the hype and the excitement around the Junos, we had another mid-sized venue closed just recently, the station on Jasper. What's happening with the music landscape here and this kind of bumpy recovery that we're really experiencing? I mean, it is bumpy, right? Yeah. It's uh, it's shows that you used to be able to sort of say, oh yeah, no problem. We can easily draw 250 people or we can easily draw 200 people or 400 people. Now you're not so sure anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, and it's, it's hard to remind people that, you know, everybody's disappointed when venues close as we all are, but we have to do our part and sort of say, if you want them to exist and to stay open, you have to go. <laughs> you have to go out, you have to buy the ticket. Um, and it's great when we have programs in place to bring people to, let's say, our downtown core on a, on a kind of one-off celebratory thing. But it's, it's more important to keep those venues open when you don't, um, you know, we, we talk about these venues that are open. Um, you know, I, I, we talk about the sidetrack a lot. Yeah, people kind people kind of forget that the sidetrack was open from seven a.m. till two a.m. seven days a week, mm-hmm. and they had to be in order to support the live music that happened between eight thirty and two a.m. Right? Yeah. You had to rely on that great business community that came in for the amazing expenies yeah. and their business meetings at seven a.m. Right? And then we had great brunches on the weekends, and you celebrated Mother's Day there, and you celebrate, but there you had to put all that effort in to keep that live music open for as long as it was Mm. venue open for as long as it was. And so reminding people that if you want these things to exist, you have to take a vested interest in supporting them and you can't stay in your little community that may or may not have a venue in different pockets of the city. You have to go out and support that on an ongoing basis. It is disappointing, no question. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I don't want to sort of point fingers at, at anybody necessarily because there's a lot that goes into running a venue. I have the utmost respect for um, people who choose to be in that industry because that's a slog that you just kind of scratch your head and go, I don't know why you want to do that because the return on that has got to be just insane, right? Yeah. But you also see people diversifying what they're doing. So places like the Starlight Room, it's not just about live music now. Now they're doing things like the Taylor Swift dance parties. You have yeah. to bring in other audiences <laughs> in order to keep your doors open, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm not going to be at the Taylor Swift dance party, <laughs> uh, but you know. I might. Those seem but, fun. <laughs> but they're they're packed yeah. with yeah. people, which is great. And so then you can kind of say, okay, maybe these people wouldn't have been in the Starlight Room if it wasn't for opening the doors and bringing them in for something else to hook them and draw yeah. them in. And then they see the posters and the digital 
uh, display boards that talk about the other events that are happening coming up and hopefully that sort of triggers something in their mind to go oh i'd be interested in seeing that i'm going to buy a ticket for that and come come again when it's not a taylor swift dance party yeah no offense to the taylor swift <laughs> dance parties because i've heard stuff on the air about those and i'm just like wow that is a phenomenal well, thing to do not just taylor swift but the idea of any dance party like they yeah. were talking about having 80s ones like it's a great way to give venues you know another life it's all absolutely absolutely you know? I had this conversation last weekend with friends who are my age who are like you know older um, <laughs> but, but but we want to go well where do people go if you just want to go dancing yeah, yeah. yeah that's true uh, and so we just we joked about it march 25th the starlight's having a 90s dance party and i oh think goodness. there's a bunch of us going because yeah. You just want to be able to go and dance sometimes, but yeah. So, well, and you see yeah. places like ninety nine ten doing like yeah. Oilers watch parties or different yeah. dancing and themes. And I mean, there's also so many events leading up to the Junos right now. Are you seeing that message get across of support local? Look at all these venues we have. Look at all this local music. I think so. Yeah. I mean, the proof will be in the pudding. I think um, you know we certainly have pockets of, of, you know, it depends on what city you're in, right? And I've been to many, many conferences over the 20 plus years that I've been in the industry. Um, I think one of our favorite venues for this type of like a Juno Fest kind of a thing would be uh, Moose Jaw because I think there were something like 15 venues and you could stand on a corner and yell at somebody across the street <laughs> and say, is there room in that venue for us to kind of go from here to there? Because oh you're God. trying to check out as much as you can yeah. in a short time period. Our venues right now are pretty are pretty spread out. Yeah. So Union Hall to the Aviary to ninety nine ten. There's there's going to be a lot of movement. I hope mm-hmm. uh, around and of course the weather makes you know when it's warmer <laughs> yeah. people when it's warmer people are willing to move yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when it's colder you're like ooh I'm good I just think I've got my coat off hunker yeah. down I'm warm rocking a jacket watch, this year for sure. I'm, that's right. I'm going to watch these 10 bands that are on this night and yeah, stay pretty yeah. close to home. So I hope so. I hope people get out. Um, Junior Junos is a, has been sold out. Uh, it was a free event, but you did have to pre-register for that. Um, that's a great way to get families involved and kids uh, start them young and get involved in live music. And what does that mean to hear it on record or stream it and then see the live performance of the people who've created that, cool. you know, out of basically nothing and are there to entertain and, and engage with your kids when they're really young. That's something that, that they carry through. And then you create this sense of this audience, this lifelong audience mm-hmm. of people who are willing to go out and see live music because they had such great experiences as kids, right? Um, eat fanfare on Sunday at West Edmonton Mall and gets you the opportunity to sort of be up close and personable, personal with the, you know, artists that you hear on Spotify. Uh, take a selfie, do something. You know, you see all these, these artists on TikTok. that i can't keep up with um at all that you sort of have a huge huge millions of followers right and so trying to get out there to make those connections with people really is the piece that i think will make lifelong uh fans from you know you make that connection and you talk about songwriter circle and talk about hearing the stories and the stripped down versions of how they wrote this song or why they wrote this song or where were they when they wrote the song um means that you have that personal connection to it so when you hear it on the radio you know tomorrow or in six months you're like oh yeah i remember that story that so-and-so told about writing that Mm -hmm. that song and you look at it so much differently and it just can affect you differently um so i hope people will engage in music differently and then carry that through um especially in the city you know over the course of the next the next year the next three years the next five years Mm -hmm. 
I'm so glad you brought up the sidetrack because uh, <laughs> I had all these memories come flooding back of Sunday nights going there and see, not knowing who was going to be on stage or what band it was going to be and just coming into a place that was just vibing, right? I mean, you just showed up there to see whoever it was and to socialize and, and hang out and hear live music. So, Absolutely. That, I think, And I think the unique thing that the sidetrack that sidetrack did which which and the other venues did then as well is right that you had earn your earn your day of the week yeah. Yeah. You know, the band that the band that i played in we had to start on a sunday night oh. and we had 20 minutes worth of material like we didn't have enough to play on another night of the week anyway so <laughs> so you had to play and you had to earn that you had to earn the right to come back and mm-hmm. and you got to do a monday night monday nights were slob monday nights were hard but yeah. i remember seeing hawksley workman on a monday night there were maybe 40 people in the room wow. and it was just like I was like, who is this guy? And, and who is this guy? Because he had a boa and an army helmet and right. came out and played these songs. We were like, what yes. is happening here? But it was great because, you know, a lifelong fan. And so you earned your way through to a Friday, Saturday night so that you worked your local scene and you developed your fans and you engaged with them. And you, you promised Claire Anderson that you could sell out that thursday night if you just would only trust you that they would work and you worked really hard to do it and and i think there's a little bit of that 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 is lost in that and that because everybody wants to play a friday saturday night who wouldn't right it's hard to get your hard to get people out on a wednesday if you're not going to get on stage till nine o'clock um and that was what some of those road to the junos shows that we had done this year Mm. were kind of neat because the doors are at six shows are at seven you kind of had to hustle to be there on time um leaving work and then you were home by like 9 30 quarter it was great (laughs) um but it meant you get to see that so i think we've also seen some evolution in terms of if you want people to come out and see these shows at these live music venues, we have to listen to who the audience is and maybe what some changes may need to be made in the industry. And don't start the shows at 1030. Yeah. Cause we can't go out on a Wednesday at 1030. We're just, it's just not the sure some younger kids too, but even then some of the younger guys don't want to, that's late it is it's late right it's late it's late kind of like that there's a couple of late nights and you're like oh these are two in a row here now i'm feeling it you knew it once right yeah you do it once and so you You know know, maybe 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 like the theater crowd um who start their shows at 7 38 o'clock maybe the music industry takes a bit of a page out of that book Mm. and says you know we've got we put on an early show and yes you can have a late show if you need Mm -hmm. but putting more emphasis on those early shows um to try and bring people in that way. You know, some of the live music venues in other big cities, like take New York, for example, where you go in and you have the first show is at seven and you, you get your two drink minimum <laughs> and you sit there and you watch the show, but you're out because you got to turn that room over because there's another show coming in at yeah. nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of, you kind of, so we may need to kind of rejig the way that that kind of happens a yeah. little bit, I think. Um, but, but, um, the page is blank, so we can kind of do whatever we need to do to, to, to rejig the interest, I guess. So uh, clearly there won't be a sidetrack cafe here this weekend for people to check out, but, uh, what are you most excited for people to see once they do get to E-Town? Oh, uh, gee, you know, where to start? Um, <laughs> Cause there is, there is so much going on. And, um, mm. and it's interesting this year too, because the industry is a little confused because our show is happening on a Monday night, the broadcast. Yeah. Right. And it's been previously held on Sunday. So everybody's kind of going, okay, what day is it? <laughs> What's happening on this day? When does the songwriter circle usually happened on a Sunday afternoon? And now it's not a Sunday night. You know, that's, that's kind of crazy. But, um, I think that 
you know, the venues that we do have, whether you're, you're new to the city, mm-hmm. um, or, or not, the aviary has some interesting programming going on in there. What's his name? Jake Haviland and the Sturgeon River Boys. It's like transporting you back to 1940s rural Saskatchewan dance hall. It's amazing. Um, I think that one's going to be fantastic. You know, the Rose Landers are playing uh, at 9910. I mean, come on. They just wrote a song that Bonnie Raitt won a Grammy for. Like, you get to see them in this tiny, great, awesome venue. Um, I think that the the vibe in the city is going to be something that people will be able to pick up on. Mm-hmm. Going to going to the library, the displays and the sort of city activations that we have going on. There's lots of stuff happening at the library. There's lots of stuff happening um, just in and around that you kind of get that sense that everybody is excited to um, have the Junos here, which is kind of fun. The airport's activated, so there will be singer-songwriters on stage um, when you land at the airport. Oh, you will great. be greeted with greeted with music, nice. uh, greeted with signage, greeted with, yeah, with fun signage things looks happening. Signage great. Yeah. yeah, it does. It really does. So that's going to be kind of fun. Um, songwriter Circle is going to be great. Mm. Um, if you're not familiar with that, that is one of those um, moments that I sort of alluded to earlier. It's stripped down. There's going to be eight singer-songwriters stripped down versions of their songs and the stories that they can tell about where they, they wrote those songs and how they came to be. Um, this year we're doing, it's great first part is uh, Tom Power from, from Q is doing a, in the interview, a sort of conversation with Simu Liu, yeah. the host of the broadcast. So that'll be kind of, that'll be kind of fun. You get to kind of <laughs> ask those strange questions, um, get to know him a little bit better. Juno Cup, you know, I'm not <laughs> sports. I'm, and sports. Yeah. How do you not have sports, right? There's always sports, but um, music and uh, musicians. We often joke. Sometimes musicians are the um, the hockey players that didn't quite make it. Yeah, um, absolutely. I love that. There, that should be on a T-shirt, all, right? There are a lot of musicians who really wanted to be hockey players, absolutely. and for whatever reason, it didn't, or they had yeah. to choose. Yeah. I don't know. Do I want to play hockey or do I want to be a musician? So, you know, it's <laughs> been so organized, organ, organized for years by Ben Scrivens and Jim Cuddy. This is Jim Cuddy for Blue Rodeo. This is his baby, wow. cool. and so puts together and i noticed this year it's um it's a co-ed so it's professional athletes yeah. versus the musicians and um apparently can get quite competitive of course you know? yeah um not you know and nobody wants to break anybody's bones or anything like yeah. that but i think there's some i think there's some shit talk on the on the end <laughs> it's kind of like, i love it it's gonna be kind of fun to see so that and i mean that's in our downtown community arena yeah, yeah. which not many people actually get to see, yeah, right? Because true. you're either going to see an Oilers or an Oil Kings game. And just on the other side of that, it's this great, this great arena that um, we're playing host to this. So that'll be fun. You yeah. know, the Rec Laws, Gord Bamford's going to be playing, Devin Cuddy and Jim Cuddy. And then, of course, on the other side, the only, because I'm, because I'm not, I know, <laughs> not the biggest uh, hockey follower, but I did recognize Kyle Brodziak and I did recognize Fernando Pisani. Yeah. So that was very Former exciting. Oilers, so they're yeah. going to be playing on the, yeah. they're going to be playing on the, uh, on the, professional athlete side so that'll be kind that'll be kind of fun yeah amy i gotta ask because this is i mean these are a lot of your colleagues these are folks you're familiar with you're friendly with right but who are you excited to see or is there anyone that still really kind of gets you kind of fanning over them is there anyone that you're like if you see them this weekend i don't know that's a funny question because i (laughs) 
I worked for many, many years behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yes, I had, you know, some time on stage, but I worked many years for the Canadian Country Music Awards. And I spent so much time trying to not be the fan because you had the job to do. <laughs> yes. That you didn't want to be the fanny girl. Yeah. That you, yeah. I found, I found myself avoiding people because I didn't want to sort of stick my foot in it because I do that really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's Tennille, I really would like to connect with Tennille Towns. She's been somebody who, you know, I mentioned the CCMAs and I remember years ago, it's gotta be 10, 15 years ago, 10 to 12, maybe she and her publicist, she was willing to do anything for us. She was showing up at the arena at, you know, the 615 slot for the live wow. hit for the TV thing. She was doing everything really because all yeah. she wanted to do is make sure that people saw her and got to know her and things. And now here we are. Yeah. And she's a big deal. Just and released with Brian Adams. To, like, I know, she's right? killing it. Like, yeah. I, you know, I think, I think those kinds of situations, I still would not know what to say. Mm. I'd be like, hi, oh, you did this stuff for me. And really <laughs> awesome. Like I, so, so I'm good from afar because, uh, I feel that I can just sort of keep my, my, myself in check. You know, um, I fangirl, I fangirl over people like Damnit Doyle, who's hosting the songwriter circle, <laughs> who, you know, uh, artist in, in their own right, yeah. but, but now is sort of putting on this other hat and sort of the respect for people to be able to kind of make that shift and stay in the industry and stay connected to it. And mm -hmm. everybody's just so genuine when you get down to that level that, um, that, that there's no, no big real fan piece about it yeah. um, in, in the way that I think others would. I fan over people's accomplishments. Mm. I fan over the respect that I have for industry and maybe shifting things that the way that you're, you know, quote unquote, supposed to do it and supposed to reach uh, um, an audience or you're supposed to do these things and have these conversations. People who can sort of throw things on their head. Lorena McKinnon is an excellent, mm. excellent example in my mind. She busked for years and was presented with an opportunity to put out, you know, a record on a label. And she was just like, I, I don't like the way this is sitting with me. I don't know why I have to give up so much to do this other thing and started her own record label and which was kind of unheard of at the time. And so here's international women's day. She was one of the very first women to start their own record label. Um, you know, I'm big fans of, of the women who run six shooter records. Mm. Um, they have gone from management because they're fans, management to record label, you know, producers of interstellar rodeo here and in Winnipeg for so many years. They just create things. I'm huge fans of the industry pieces of it. Um, and those are the things you don't always see. Yeah. Uh, and you don't always sort of, you don't have their names on, on posters anywhere that sort of say, these are the people behind the scenes who make this thing happen. Um, those are the, the people I could sit and pick their brains. For <laughs> uh, not that I want to sort of do it. I'm just always fascinated by how people can reinvent and continuously reinvent how you get music out there for the fans, for the consumers to sort of try and connect with people and how you can make that a business and have artists who don't have to be that terrible stereotype of a starving artist let's try and figure out what the structure is not just from the artistic level but all the way down to the promoter end and make sure that it's a viable industry that isn't sort of a oh it's an add-on people mm -hmm. move to a city because you have a thriving 
you know, they want to work there, they want to live there, they want to play there. Mm-hmm. How are we going to enrich people's lives uh, and make them want to live in Edmonton? Well, it's things like the arts and culture and the music industry is a massive industry no matter where we are. The, the, the Juno's coming is going to have a huge economic impact on our city. Um, but those people will continue to live and work here uh, after the, the sort of the tourist aspect of it is gone. Um, and so that to me is very important to keep pushing that, to keep talking about a nighttime economy to keep talking about what can we do to support live music venues? What can we do to ensure that we have um, agents who want to work out of Edmonton and managers who want to work out of Edmonton, um, publicists, because we don't have a lot of that infrastructure here in the city. And how do we help make Alberta music and all of the good things that that organization does to the forefront that can sort of lobby on behalf of that industry piece. So when you ask me who I'm excited to see, <laughs> that loaded question that I keep for talking on, I'm everything. excited for all of it to be here. <laughs> well, um, because that's that passionate side of, yeah. um, that I love that, that this is a thing that just sort of it's my happy place, as I like to say. Yeah, no, I can tell. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be an incredible uh, yeah. weekend. You pumped me up. <laughs> We're <Excellent. hyped. laughs> I'm excited Fantastic. now. The Loop is a podcast from CBC Edmonton, and our team is Leslie Goldstone, Corey Haberstock, and Olivia O. Oh, the theme music, Change Your Mind by Edmonton musician John Common. And I'm in Darwin. And I'm Claire Bronwyn. Thank you so much for listening. The Loop is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis communities. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email, theloop at cbc.ca. Leave us a rating or review wherever you download the show. You can always find us on the interwebs. I'm everywhere at Nami Knob. And I'm at Min Dariwal. And you can find us on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great Juno's weekend. Woo! So how to see move. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.